Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sponsorship of tournaments is disgusting. Welcome to Pint of Football, the only podcast more self-destructive than Clitheroe FC's chairman after a manager sacking. I'm joined today by one of history's greatest keyboard warriors. Hello, angry, sorry, Andy Baxter. (laughs) Well, both are true. And I am your host, a man who looks forward to the FA Cup fourth qualifying round draw more than Christmas. I am Daz Napton. Yeah, I like that. Topical as well. Yeah, are we gonna are we gonna talk about this Clitheroe guy? Yeah, I think we should just because it's really weird, and I don't know if everyone's <laughs> gonna be across it just because it hasn't really had widespread coverage apart from the weird non-league Twitter circles that we find ourselves in. Yeah, so bas- basically, what happened is the I haven't got the bloke's name anymore. I closed the article. The Clitheroe chairman as he's perfectly within his rights to do, decided that he didn't like the way things were going. He wasn't happy with the performances of the team after they'd spent quite a lot of money for their level, as far as he was concerned, and um, got rid of the manager after a couple of bad performances. But Clitheroe were actually fourth in the league table, so they're not doing badly. But I suppose if you try and buy the league and spend more money than you think is appropriate... I don't know. It doesn't. It just seems weird. And and as you mentioned, then the the article, the, sorry, the statement that he's released, it, it's just odd. It's like you know, get someone to read through it first before you you put it out there. Because <laughs> there's bits where he's trying to be professional and trying, and he does say a couple of times, thanks to is it is the guy's name Dempsey, David Dempsey. Mm-hmm. He says thanks to to all his harder work and things like that, and it's it's you know, it's fine. But then there's other bits he's like, you know, we spent all this money and uh, 
you know, why aren't we getting more results and let people talk about what they uh, what they think and I know the truth and all this. And it's like, come on, it's uh, calm down a little bit. Just say, I wish you the best and we'll go our separate ways. It's strange. But there you yeah. go. <laughs> well, the, the thing, so I, I read the article um, on the website, which the the chairman, whose, whose name, by the way, was Cliff E. Rowe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> For the for the purposes of this, because I also can't afford to go back and check. And he wrote what I must think must be a Guinness World Record attempt at the world's longest sentence without any punctuation. <laughs> and I, I'm going to attempt to read it, but I may pass out halfway through. I hope we still have the technology to speed it up like we do occasionally, um, because yeah. otherwise it'll take up the entire episode. Yeah, so originally Tom was going to read this after his success of mimicking Maguire's mum in the last podcast, but <laughs> I'm I'm going to give it a go. Probably won't have the same skill of Tom with this, but here we go. I have seen and heard many opinions over the weekend, some that care about CFC and supporters, but many from people who never see our turnstiles and appear to have their own agendas and felt that I need to make a few things clear publicly without going into real detail, which will be left in private for only the board of directors to know, as I have no wish to publicly (laughs) condemn anyone, but can see there is a need to share some background explanation to my decision. (laughs) <laughs> excellent work and yeah it's it's you know sometimes I, I don't know if you encounter it in work I certainly do you get messages from people who have clearly just written it as if they were saying it and this is very much like that and I, yeah where to start I mean he's not particularly rude or anything there apart from saying some people have agendas and some people don't actually go the game so why are they feeling necessary to to, to comment but yeah, he he's obviously written this quite quite angrily. His name's David Frost, um, and yeah, you know, to give him, like we said at the start, to give him sort of his his due. It's it's up to him. It's his club. He can do what he likes. And if he even if he just says me and the manager don't get on anymore, and we decided to go our separate ways, that's still fine because it's up to him. But um, you know, the next paragraph after the one you've just written, uh, sorry, after the one you've just read, says they've got the biggest ever playing budget and they've had significantly than the last season which I believe they got promoted or no sorry they reached the playoffs so they were doing all right anyway mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh it's I get it he's pissed off but anyway that's not where the story ends with Clitheroe because as often happens at this level the the manager the outgoing manager David Dempsey was on Twitter and he's taking his right to reply and has been replying to people, um, fans of Clitheroe, who are sort of don't know the full story. I suppose he never will. And um, yeah, there's a few different replies which we've got. One of the fans, uh, a guy called Tom, has replied saying, "Wow, there's a shock. He's taken him to a different level, sitting fourth, then gets told to jog on." And David Dempsey's replied saying, "I appreciate that, mate." A few other things, you know, sitting in fourth and sack your manager. And he, David Dempsey just replied saying, "Clueless." Well, I don't know how far you got down this, but there's um, it seems to to revolve around a player called Reese. Now, I don't know if if Reese's first name or if it's, it's Reese's is the surname, but one of the um the fans, a guy called Ross, says if this decision was close, presuming means the sacking, wouldn't it have been worth keeping hold of Reese in case the new manager wanted him? 
To which David Dempsey replied, I got forced into releasing Reese. The chairman didn't like him. And that's the final decision of that club, which is a bit of a dig at the, the chairman anyway, saying, you know, they've obviously had some run-ins where David Frost, the chairman, sort of throws his weight around. And it's like, it's my way or the highway if you don't like it tough. And then forced into releasing Reese. It just seems unpleasant. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I was reading this the other day of the weekend and I, I'm sure there was other tweets about it from, from David Dempsey. So maybe he sort of deleted them or... I just can't find them at the moment, but he's, um, yeah, it's 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 one to watch and see who takes over there, and maybe in a couple of months' time, they might drop like a stone. They might have a different manager who's mates with the chairman. I just don't know. It might be worth looking at. Yeah, it's definitely a club to keep the eye on. Mm. It's a shame <laughs> it's so far away from all of us, really. What Clitheroe? I don't think yeah. it's that far from me. It's Lancashire, isn't it? Let me see. Clitheroe. 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 Why is my default option always walk? I suppose I do a lot of walking, but not to Clitheroe. Not to Clitheroe, no. Uh, it's up Burnley Way. It's about it's about an hour and 50. In the car yeah. or walking? <laughs> no, it's it's uh, one day and six hours walking. Yeah, maybe give that a miss then. Could cycle it in 10 hours oh, okay. if I had a bike. Oh, that's worth thinking about. Three anyway. trains, three trains. <laughs> oh yeah, see, this is why it's they're, they're doing what they want up there because no one wants to go that far. Anyway, yeah. I, I I may have stumbled across a revelation, mm-hmm. something that is untapped in this era of um, football clubs trying to maximize profit and you know come up with new innovations. I I stumbled across something when I was in my local supermarket and I purchased for the first time this year mince pies. And then I thought while consuming said how much fun it would be to have a mince pie while watching football. Mm -hmm. And obviously it'd have to be quite a seasonal thing, but the clubs could sort of work it into 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 their offering somehow. You could have a hot drink and a mince pie. They could have um I don't know, pound a mince pie until the goals till a goal goes in. Or, you know, make it silly, but just that kind of promotional thing. Just to I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking about mince pies. How do you feel about mince pies? I, I think if I was the club Dynamo Minsk, mm. then I'd definitely be doing Minsk pies. Min- <laughs> <laughs> So if, you, if there's any Minsk fans listening, you can have that one. Yeah, yeah. We, we've revolu- we didn't the other in pre-season we revolutionised Western's food offering. I can't remember what we decided to do, but we, we've been doing loads of. You know, it's a shame no one listens really because everyone would be so much better off. <laughs> I was um, looking as 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 often I am at some of those accounts that you see online football food and stuff and i saw a couple of good ones and then you see a couple of crap ones like i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if it's a real thing or someone's just done it for a laugh you know you, you, there's that picture of someone's got a portion of chips and just put one of those fake cheese slices on the top of it <laughs> yeah. and it is it's funny it is funny but like every time it circulates it says it's a different club you know it says oh one <laughs> one week it's old and one week it's birmingham one week you know it says so it can't be everyone can it but it's um did i tell you about when we, i must have done when we went to scotland to the game yeah. up there and we got scotch pies oh they were bloody good yeah i haven't had one yet scotch pies and mint mince pies and mince pies that's what we want 
Yeah, speaking of pastry, I've had a pastry nightmare today. I wasn't going to bring it up, but as you've mentioned, pastry already several times. I um, made a mistake that I always joke about making when I do the food shop and accidentally bought a crustless quiche. Oh, nightmare. I know. Every single time, because it's in the same packaging, the exact same colour wrapper and all the rest of it, and it's the two are next to each other. So it's crustless quiche quiche i always pick up the chrysalis one show it to sif and be like here we go and she's like haha good one <laughs> every time <laughs> and lo and behold this time i forgot to do the joke and, and I you ended up it. It. yeah and i know exactly how it's happened because i picked the original quiche up and it had the date of yesterday on it so i was like well you know i'm not gonna eat egg and cheese that's out of date it's mm. I'm sure it would have been all right. It's only a day, but can't really risk it. So anyway, I was like, I'll sod that. And then you sort of put your hand through the back. And then I picked one that said, like, whatever, next week. And I was like, that'll do. Jobs are good in. I was too busy looking at the date to look at the crust or no crust option. So I had the most healthiest lunch ever of my life when I had my quiche salad today. What you need is a quicheless crust so you can combine the two. (laughs) Well, I did think about yeah this morning. I did think about going to the shop and just buying a, a one of those rollout pastries. <laughs> I was like, this is going to get silly. Might as well just make my own quiche. <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't just get another quiche and just sort of smash the middle bit out. Because yeah. it's like that in the Simpsons, and it when he Homer, <laughs> you've ruined a perfectly good jacket. <laughs> no, <laughs> two perfectly good jackets. <laughs> I, know, I don't want. Right? I don't want quiche at football, crustless or otherwise. We should probably talk about the sad situation at Scunthorpe, but we spent all our time talking about quiche, mince pies, <laughs> and whatever else. So, I mean, we all know the story. Their owners done the dirty on them. Um, luckily and happily, they've managed to raise a lot of money to pay the staff because that's the flipping least they can expect, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen at the time of recording. The last game is supposedly this weekend coming. Yeah. Um, before they've just muscled into to another ground, Gainsborough, who didn't even know anything about it. But as I say, we all know <laughs> this. We can't really bring you breaking news because by the time these go out, some other nonsense will have happened. But, you know, it, it just makes you laugh when you see Man United fans moaning about how badly run they are or whoever it might be, other top clubs, and you think, yeah, fine, but yeah. It's, all, it's all relative. Your club's still going to exist in a month's time, whereas Scunthorpe, at this point, we don't even know. And I, yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you about it just because, well, it feels like we say this a lot, but you, you, you went through this and you know how it is. I think it's weird. It's very coincidental that the two big non-league clubs that are looking like going down the pan at the minute are both SUFC. Obviously, we've got the... The Southend United disaster and the Scunthorpe United disaster. As I said, both both of them have been right up sec well, second tier of the pyramid, almost up to the I wouldn't say they almost got promoted to top flight, but they've they've been up there all the way in the second tier. And now they're right the way down in possibly going bust, regardless of level. If you're gonna go bust, it's doesn't matter what level you're at, does it? Um but the thing I think about Scunthorpe is they have traditionally had a really good following, but when you've gone down twice in a row 
a lot of the fans that consider themselves to be diehard, hardcore fans, they do struggle with that mentality because, you know, you know yourself when you're supporting Bristol Rovers when they went down to the conference. Mm. It can be a really nice year when you drop down a league and it's a chance to refresh the team, refresh the way the club operates and um, and start again, essentially. But when you try and do that and then go down again, those fans are going, well, what's going to be different this time? And I think that's the big difference. Yeah, very well said. Um, and you're right, it, it can be a nice break and it can give you a chance to clear out the deadwood and refresh and go again. But look at Yeovil as well. We've talked about them a few times yeah. and the fact they've gone down and down and down. Um, they should win promotion this time if not win the league because when they played Western the other week they were miles above and I've seen a few people on Twitter saying they um that they're, they're they're smashing it in other games as well so um yeah well no, I, I yeah I don't want to like make excuses for Yeovil but it's kind of one of those more rural parts of the country where as long as there's good young players coming in they're going to be able to offer them a healthy deal whereas places like Scunthorpe Macclesfield, South End, there's, you know, Oldham and um, Rochdale are struggling a little bit. Obviously, Bury went bust. Where there's such a high density of clubs, why would you take a punt on somewhere that's in trouble when you can, and same with fans, in fairness, mm. you know, if you're a fan and you, you're paying 300 quid or whatever for a season ticket and you know that money's just going into thin air or you don't know where it's going, I guess. It might be paying debts, it might be, you know, paying corrupt chairman, you don't really know. You're all of a sudden just thinking, well, sod that, I'm just going to try something else. I know when um, when Mac, just before, well, I said just before they went bust, the, the, the two seasons we were back in the EFL, when it all came out that the chairman was like pocketing basically all the money that was coming into the club, I just decided, and you know, people can do what they want, I just decided I was going to support the club just for away games, which... Probably seems a bit counterproductive because um, the money from away games doesn't go to the club neither. But at least I wasn't paying for a corrupt chairman to yes. sit in his mansion in Ibiza or whatever he was doing. At least when you go to away games, you're still with like the the sort of more diehard fans, the, the the sort of fans who care about the club enough to go to these away games, but also you're actually uh, supporting a club who hopefully is is a bit better run. <laughs> yeah, well, you do hear that, don't you? The sort of people who say not a penny more when they don't mm. like their owners or the way things are going and they won't buy food, drinks, programmes, whatever, for the same kind of reason, to try and sort of make a stand. And, you know, don't... Fine, you still want to support your club, but to do it not by setting foot in the ground again, it's, you know, that, that that's a perfectly valid way of doing it. And um yeah. Um, on a on a more lighter note, I just want to quickly touch on because we do want to move on to the actual in the mix, Wardy girl, Wardy goodness, Wardy gold. Um, we the the WSL started on the weekend, the Women's Super League, and I'm pleased to say, although it was on TV in the end because I couldn't get to the game, did watch my first top flight football match of the season yesterday, nice. which was Aston Villa against Man U in the Women's League and. I didn't realise this until I was watching, but it just made it even better. VAR only gets involved for goals. Like, perfect for me, because oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm not that... 
watching the um, their equivalent of match of the day this morning as well, it was nice because after the games, they were talking about controversial decisions. Was this mm. a foul? Should that have been a penalty? And you think, God, you like, I, I genuinely miss that side of it, that mm. making your own decision. But that's obviously just been so took away now in, in the men's. Front and centre, isn't it? And it's not yeah. nice. I mean, this is, for context, this is the Monday after the the weekend where there was the Liverpool and Tottenham um, match where there's been a con- there was a controversial goal disallowed for Liverpool. And mm-hmm. as ever, they've taken it really well. And, yeah. you know, some of their fans calling for the game to be replayed and all this rubbish, it's it's daft. I mean, we, that's, part, that's part of it, isn't it? You know, you get some decisions which you think, oh, that was a bit lucky. I'm glad we got that. And it goes the other way as well. It's one of them things. But I understand when there's that much money involved and stuff, people are maybe a bit more het up about it. What I was going to say, though, about that Aston Villa and Man United game in the WSL, what was the opinion about the red card? Was there any sort of split um, opinions on that? I didn't. No, I don't know if did you. I don't know if you've seen it, but yes, that's why yeah. I brought it up because it looked like she tried to. For those who haven't seen it, there's a, a bouncing ball, and the Villa player, the United player, sort of stooped slightly to head it, but not like very low. It's just a bit, and the Villa player looks like she's tried to kick her head off. Yeah, if you, it, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's worth a watch if you can find if it. Ever you, if ever you used to watch WWE and uh, The Undertaker used to do the move, the big boot. <laughs> very much like that. <laughs> it is very big boot. But now, and also it was apparently against a former club. So I think she was instantly oh. like, I've, I've, I've lost my head there. You know, I she's just gone in. That. Yeah. But the great thing that the thing that I love the most about uh, the game. Apart from the fact, it's probably the first time I'm going to go on record here and say probably the first time I've actually been happy that the game ended with a stoppage time Man United winner. <laughs> yeah, because you know we get so bored of those in the men's game over the years. Not so much now, but back in the the era of the Fergie time, and um, it was the I think it was like the ninety third, ninety fourth minute. Villa were down to ten men. They went one nil up with Rachel Daly, who, of course, was the top scorer. I didn't realise she was also a player of the season in the WSL last season. So oh, OK, yeah. Apparently Villa did real well to like keep hold of her for the season. Better than, she, like, she, Sam Kerr and people like that. Wow. Yeah, so she she gave Villa the lead, and then Manu just instantly replied. Manu had on the bench two, like, attacking options to try and get the winner. They had... The Japan striker who scored the golden boot at the World Cup just sat on the bench like you do. <laughs> to be fair, though, apparently she had just moved to the country, so she was maybe settling in. And they also had a striker or a midfielder called Williams. I forget her first name. And she has played in all 13 seasons of the WSL. Fair play. And, and she came on and scored the winner in the 92nd minute. And I was like, that's amazing. And... Apparently, she is literally the classic, sits on the bench, comes on for the last 15 and scores the winner. She just watches that. how the game's going and then, fuck yeah. this, I'll do it myself. Yeah, she is that player, apparently. So it was so nice because, again, you don't really see the magic of super subs anymore because there's no. such a rotation game these days. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in his prime yeah. to sort of compare. He was always known as the super sub, wasn't he? I bet he hated that. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, 
I'm sure they did the stats. And when he when he was starting, he did still score. But when you're in a team with, was it like Teddy Sheringham, Mandy Cole, and Dwight York? Yeah, <laughs> just, I, mean, I suppose unfortunate he, for him. Yeah, you're just happy to be there and get on and have a good mm-hmm. reputation. That it, it must be a psychological thing. I was about to say that about about Williams as well. The the other team must think, oh god, they're bringing air on now. All she does is come off the bench and score, and it it's yeah. it must get in in your head about it, mustn't it? Yeah, and speaking of getting in your head, last point on the match is Villa, of course, were wearing the the heavy kits, yeah, and and the winner did come from a header, and it was quite a a sort of soft header as well. So you like to wonder if had those kits been a few grams lighter, <laughs> would would it have even gone in? Yes, we'll never know. Beans from Jersey. I'm always having tins of Jersey beans. I've heard like Jersey cows, Jersey men, Jersey beans, <laughs> Jersey bean cock. Come on, the beans. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. So we're on to Wardy Madness. And it's so mad that we're still in 1971. We haven't even moved years in time. And more mad than that. It's the second consecutive story about West Bromwich Albion. So, where are we going? We are actually going to West Bromwich for a home game. And quite an interesting one to start with. Game's gone, in my opinion, at this point, 1971. The Watney Cup. The the early sponsored tournament. Sponsorship of tournaments is disgusting. The reason I gasped is because the Watney Cup is the only thing Bristol Rovers have won. Oh, really? Yeah, Tom would have mentioned that if he was here um, <laughs> tonight. So that's, uh, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Rovers before and then uh, here they are again. But I'm guessing this isn't about Rovers, it's about West Brom, sorry. Yeah, but don't worry because it's a compliment to Bristol Rovers because this cup was specifically designed for high-scoring teams and I'm, I'm guessing they picked the 20 or 30 or however many highest scoring teams in the in what is now the EFL and said, come and have a go. But, I mean, I get the logic of that because no one wants to watch a load of nil-nils. No one's inviting Stoke and Bolton and Burnley and that lot into these tournaments, I'm sure. No. But, but still, like, if you're a fourth division high scoring team, are you still going to be high scoring against a Premier League team? 
Or against yeah, another, I guess... another high scoring team, would it cancel each other out? I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see, won't we? We might see. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. We've got West Brom, who scored 68 goals in the first division, and Colchester United, who scored 70 goals in Division 4. Yeah, so I we are going to see. I can see the floor with this straight away, though. <laughs> they were amongst the qualifiers. And Colchester versus West Brom was actually the final. So Colchester have managed to get to the final, being a Division 4 team, which yeah. is, is fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. This Watney Cup final played at the end of an eight-team preseason tournament justified their selection. So it sounds like it's literally they've gone, who are the eight highest scoring teams in England? Yes, yeah, you're, in the, in, a you're in the, yeah. yeah. It's it's a pre-season thing as well. So to be fair, I'd rather see this than Community Shield or oh, God, yeah. whatever nonsense they do now or fly out to Hong Kong for a tournament against each other, the Premier League teams. Yeah, that's become a thing recently. I don't really yeah. know why. And then every game just goes to penalties because it's one all or nil-nil because... No one's actually bothered. Yeah. Well, it's well documented your your hatred of penalties as well. So yeah, it's not for me. Anyway, this this uh, final was played under an experimental offside law. Here we oh, go yeah. again. Here we are. <laughs> the game had plenty of goals, a penalty kick competition, and an unusual result. So we've got the classic Wardy build up. Are you excited for this one? Of course. Dan Howe had just taken over as West Brom manager. A former West Brom, Arsenal and England player, he was fresh from success as coach to the Arsenal double winning team. It amazes me that he's won the double with Arsenal and just moved to West Brom inexplicitly. Maybe he just fancied a break from London. What We've did, all been there. Different times, isn't it? You know, it might have he might have done it because the house prices were more to his liking in, in West Brom something silly yeah. like that because that's how it uh, you know they weren't on yeah. the mega books like they are now Yeah, people were predicting a stronger defence than under previous manager Alan Ashman bit of context for you there in case you were wondering like it. Lakey Ashman <laughs> I believe he was called you never Colchester... made it Ashman <laughs> no Colchester United manager Dick Graham also had West Brom connections. He had been trainer and coach under Vic Buckingham. There's some good old school names still knocking about as well. Oh, yeah. But Vic Buckingham is a not, great old Not enough Vicks in, in football? No, the Vicks and the Dicks. <laughs> That's what we've got today. As a manager, he was one of the original gimmick men. Wow. That's that is a good nickname, isn't it? One of the original gimmick men of football. What sort of gimmicks would you be pulling at football as a manager, Bax? Um, sort of strange training techniques, maybe. Sort of like fill one of the balls with helium that flies away. Maybe fill one of them with water, cement, cement. Um, <laughs> maybe pelt them with oranges. So from time to time, keep them on their toes. Quite gimmicky, in it? Fat suits? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll make that one of our next Daz versus Bax versus Tom challenges. Mm. The ultimate football gimmicks. We can be the gimmick men. Yeah, yeah. The, the new gimmick men of football. 
But no, I think actually the gimmicks were aimed at the opposition with an attempt to win the game rather than sabotaging his own team. <laughs> <laughs> and this is actually something that I had a really long discussion about years ago during the African Cup of Nations whilst at work back in my early theatre days. We sat during um, a lunch break or a dinner break before a show at Stafford Theatre and one of the teams, I think it might have been Togo, had number five up front as the striker. And you know you get it sometimes where the numbers are all messed up and you think, why the hell have they got... I think it was, yeah, Liverpool had Milan Barros as number five up front. You, you do see it sometimes. And sometimes in non-league, especially when they get to that level where they've just got one shirt for the season and you've got that striker who's also the emergency centre-back. Yeah. And and then I've seen it a few times where it's like number nine is, is centre-back and you think, what a mess this is. But the original idea for the gimmick behind this was what he used to do as the manager is he would shuffle the players' shirts around on purpose. So yeah. when they were when they were watching them train, they'd be like, oh, that number seven looks like a, a big man on the wing. And he was actually the centre-back. Yeah, so they've got their notes. I'll make sure you watch number seven because he's a tricky player. And then he, he lines up and at centre-half. Yeah, that's well, or, or even better, what would be even funnier is if they line up in the supposed positions and then as soon as the ball kicks off, they all just run. Or just like switch it. I thought you meant all like take the shirts off. <laughs> oh, that would be even better. Number seven whips his shirt off and throws it to number two. Yeah. There's about twenty seconds. And just hope hope you don't concede during that twenty seconds. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, what he did was he would have the, the centre half wearing number seven and so on and so on and so on. Another gimmick that he used to pull was turning the dressing room into a relaxing lounge so that the players would feel very at home before they went out into the field, potentially getting a little bit too comfy. Is the opposition players or his own? No, the opposition. Because if you look, I don't know if you've ever watched any of these shows where they go behind the scenes of sort of top clubs. I don't imagine it's your kind of thing. I certainly haven't watched any, but you see the odd clip. And the and when I certainly want to play the Goodison, um, mm. the the dressing rooms now are not like not nice, hospitable, inhospitable places to be. They're really sort of comfy, nice, big spaces to relax and prepare. And you know they're not really intimidating. So I can imagine mm. a lounge thing has probably had the opposite effect. It made all the players get into the the focus and you know things like that. But I suppose in 1971 they didn't consider like a relaxation <laughs> and mental health and stuff, did they? <laughs> Wasn't wasn't it wasn't invented? I don't think till no. 2015. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at Colchester he'd produced a super fit team, and he promised to scale the walls of Colchester Castle if they beat Leeds in the cup earlier that season. They won three two. Nice. So I thought that's quite a nice little thing. You, you can't beat like when the gaffer offers to do something if his team pull up an upset. Putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Which manager was it? It was about twenty years ago. Now he was he, he took his team to a preseason camp somewhere, and they were ended, part of it. They ended up walking down the banks of a river, and he overheard two of his players chatting. And one of them said, "One player said to another player, 
do you think you could swim to the other side of that river? Would you make it or something? Or how much would you give me if I did that? Or, you know, whatever. Just sort of, I'm the manager, whoever it was. It was someone like Phil Brown, but it wasn't Phil Brown. It, it sounds like Roy Keane at Ipswich. Absolutely. And he said, well, go on then, let's do it. And like, just took his shirt off and jumped into the river and swam across this river. I'm picturing, river. I'm, I'm picturing Mick McCarthy. It, it's that kind of sphere of sort of proper football men. <laughs> or a younger Sam Allardyce kind of thing. It was someone like that. Someone will write in and, and tell us. Um, yeah. but, Sam um, Allardyce, he's got a pint of wine in one hand. <laughs> Doing the backstroke. Great a thing of gravy. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> um, anyway, back to this. An experimental offside law meant players could only be offside inside the penalty area. I don't hate that. But does that include the side bits? Oh, as in level with the penalty area? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Wardy doesn't go into detail, so we can have to speculate. Well, the but... reason I'm thinking that is because the the good thing, I guess, about that not being a rule is it would allow for wingers to hang around that area quite freely rather than yeah. time the runs. But you imagine that would get quite messy because if the winger isn't offside someone could pelt it up to them and then of course whatever they decide to do wouldn't be offside because they'd be ahead of the play yeah so he's only got to take one step into the penalty area then as well hasn't he and then yeah yeah so i mean you can see why it's not the law fine but yeah i don't don't hate that but anyway it did lead to some goals at half time west brom winning three two with goals by len cantello jeff astle and colin suggett Mick McMahon and David Simmons scored for Colchester, in case you were needing that info. Oh, yeah. Mahn equalised in the 65th minute, and Colchester looked to have won the game when Brian Lewis scored an 88th minute penalty. But Astle equalised 4-4. The game went to penalty kicks. West Brom shot first. They scored three out of their first four and needed the fifth to stay in the game as Colchester had scored the first four. So it's advantage Colchester. Mm-hmm. Len Cantello shot over the crossbar and fourth division Colchester won with a penalty to spare. Nice. Good going. I like that. Yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed that the two highest scoring or two of the highest scoring teams did score loads of goals because... <laughs> You know, I kind of wanted it to be one nil to someone, but never mind. It's still good. Yeah, you want it to be anticlimactic. Yeah, always. It's what we've become used to of this book. <laughs> yeah. Peak football. What was the point of it? Just that the tournament was about the top scorers. It was called. Oh, I didn't actually rename it, but I should have because this is a dreadful. In fact, I did rename it. I just called it the original gimmick man, just because I love that. That's but... fabulous. Yeah. It was actually called High Scorers Cup Final. Hmm. So it was basically just saying this it, thing existed. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it plenty of times, what we would do if we were able to change the rules for one game slash one tournament, you know, whatever. So hmm. I like that they try these things. And that's a sort of pretty simple one. Was it Arsene Wenger who said... If you score, like, you know, in rugby, you get an extra point if you score, like, so many tries. Mm. 
a bonus try, a bonus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same. league, so you'd get like four points for a five nil win or a three nil win or whatever. It was exactly. Decided. So it like encourages attacking play. Like if you score, if you win four nil, fine. But if you win five nil, it's actually six. Or so. I don't know. I, I don't know what the logistics but of it. You know what? You know what? That would actually sort out this issue with all this extra time they're adding on. Because if you Man City four nil up in stoppage time. At the moment, there's no point, as we discussed last time or the time before. Hmm. So if they've got goals to score, points to get, then that would be massive. It would keep you playing till the end, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah. Might have sussed it. That's definitely better than your idea last time of people selling extra time for goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't really, didn't really think that one all the way through. It was all yeah. right. I've come up with worse things. <laughs> I almost messaged you to say, show you want me to include this in the edit. There's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't <laughs> quite right. It was wrong. It was very <laughs> wrong. It was disturbed. Fine. No, it wasn't peak football. Let's get out of 1971 alive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think we're going to... We're definitely going to tackle it. We're not going to tackle another one well. today. But I'm telling you now, we're not escaping 1971 because the next story is also in 1971. <laughs> How much stuff was happening in this year? In fact, there's two more stories from 1971. Christ, we're not even going to get out of 1971 by the end of the year by the looks of it. Good grief. <laughs> this book is going to kill us. Speaking of a specific year in time, did you see that the youngest ever professional footballer made his debut over this weekend? It was a chap that was born in 2010, which makes him 13 years old, which is just bonkers. I'm not going to pronounce his name because it would be insulting to both of us. It was an American chap, and he doesn't look 13, to be fair. He looks bigger than that, but someone, a grizzled old pro, is just going to boot him in the air. And this I feel for the guy. <laughs> That'd be fun. Anyway, before we go, we need people to get in touch, but I can't think of a decent reason other than just, you know, Anything you want us to suggest, anything you want us to discuss. Um, we're going to try and reach out for some other fans of teams at Stories to Tell, I expect. But yeah, get in touch. Yeah, just, just get in touch. We've get had a touch. couple of people tell us stuff or tell us stuff that we've done wrong. And mm. No, we get a lot of that. Well, it's nice it's to get in touch, though. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of content. <laughs> just anything. We're just so very lonely. Yeah, we are. How can they get in touch? They can get in touch on Twitter or X, which I refuse to call it. Um, we are we are pints of we are P O F. Sorry, I never usually do the Twitter. I usually do the email, don't I? We are P O F underscore reviews. There you go. Yeah, we're also pint of football twenty fifteen at gmail dot com. I'll and... stick to the email usually. Yeah, Is that it. Yeah, go on, give a jerk. My wife. It's difficult to say what she does. She sells seashells on the seashore. Oh, that could be true. You are living in Western Supermare. <laughs> Cheers, and that can sup up and sure up.
I do struggle to say the word clithero. Okay. It's yeah, it's 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 unusual. Because it's like it feels like it should be cliff as in cliff as in double F, not T H. Yeah. Clithero. I wonder what people from there call it. Maybe we should save all this from the for the pod. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.